so cool there's literally glue out in the in the jungle or the, wherever he was pretty sure i currently don't know anyone else who knows bush tucker man mate oh, <laughs> bush tucker man. i remember the bush I, tucker man i found it he used oh, to eat witchetty grubs all the time didn't he oh why he was uh he's actually not the yeah. original the original's a fella called malcolm douglas he was the king Okay, because uh, I heard that Bush Tucker man, he was like commissioned by the Australian army to say, we need somebody who can tell us what's poisonous and what's safe to eat. In this yeah, he trained, he trained army on bushcraft and that, but Malcolm Douglas is earlier than him. He's like making movies in the 70s, so I seen it when I was a wee tacker and that. Ah, yeah. He did one called Across the Top in like 1970. He was originally shooting crops and then he became preservationist for crops or something. Yeah, because I remember the eighties TV guy who did about was he like a fifteen minute a program or something? Wasn't it? I think if you look up Malcolm Douglas, there's some like clips of like his later years. He died. He died in a car accident about ten years ago. Um, but uh, there's ones where he's like making like damper and bread you leave overnight. It's like hey, just leave it overnight. It's like who the fuck's leaving bread to rise overnight when you're camping? For fuck's sake. <laughs> Oh, apparently it was yeah. a guy called Les Les Hiddens did the eighties version. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's that's Bush, Bush Tucker man. Yeah. Wait, we're we live. Mean... Yeah, we're live now. But for some reason, we're cool. still doing the pre-show. <laughs> oh, Ian, do, when you, when when your bird comes round your house, do you say welcome to Fort Ian? Um, I do. Yeah, I always say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you're engaged in. Not to be too vulgar, an act of Congress. Do you see things are about to get spooky? Yeah. Uh, no, I've never said that, no. But, uh, Have you ever asked her where she wants the ectoplasm in? Time. Oh, you should try it. It gets their clunge well wet. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> I know. And draw on the ectoplasm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. Ghostly activities happening here. Yeah, that, that just reminds me of South Park. Spooky, spooky ghost. <laughs> it was a ghost. Spooky ghost. A strange, a strange presence in the room. Indeed. Anyway, anyway, are we going to talk about some whale penises now? You may feel now? the Holy Spirit come upon you. Aww. Sorry. Are we going to talk about uh, whale penises now? Are we in? <laughs> yeah. So well, should we? Should we kick <laughs> off? We've got a quite a lot to get through tonight. So should we? Uh, yeah. Should we uh, kick off with Let's go for the Lot Mara monster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you ready? All right, let's kick off then. Yeah, let's start. Yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. So, all right. So, Scotland is the most mysterious place in the UK. 
numerous ghosts, phantom black dogs, Bigfoots, knife crime, and the Wicker Man. Most I Scottish like Bigfoot, so big feet. There is a Bigfoot in Scotland. Big feet, Bigfoot. No, no, there is what's a Bigfoot the plural? In Scotland, no, in the plural. Isn't in the plural yeah. big feet? Bigfoots, big feet. You say potatoes. <laughs> Who says potato? I've never heard anyone say potatoes. But no. I think they're doing that song. Someone does say it. But yeah, all right then. So anyway, so most Scottish lakes has its mysterious lake demon or kelpie. The most famous of which is the Loch Ness Monster, which we're all familiar with. But tonight we're going to look at one of the lesser known lake monsters of Scotland. We're going to head west and investigate. Uh, We're going to investigate. Hmm? Ian, what's the collective noun for a a group of big big foot, big feet? Is it a stampede of big foot or Um, a trample? Sport. An imagination of Bigfoots. An imagination <laughs> yeah. of Bigfoots, okay. Yeah. Bullshit of Bigfoots. A bullshit of Bigfoots, yes. <laughs> Is it an athlete? An athlete of Bigfoots. Are they an athlete <laughs> of Bigfoots? Bunch of cunts, basically. <laughs> but anyway, okay, so tonight we're going to investigate Loch Murrah Monster, nicknamed Morag. Lend us a pound for Miss Sporran. So let's have a look then. So. Let's go to the first illustration. We can see there. That's a, that's uh, a, I think it's not isn't, a photo. isn't pooned. Isn't pooned. Um, isn't that uh, <clears throat> uh, it's a, a Newcastle? That's a, that sounds like Newcastle vernacular. Is he, you lend it, if you lend it to a Scottish person, you won't get it back. So just be careful. So anyway, we got the picture there. That's not. That's not actually a, an actual photo. That's a drawing there. But that's that's Morag there. That's what Morag. That looks, looks like, like a we- so. uh, whale penis with some ectoplasm yeah. dripping off it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, spooky! Spooky. Come, coming from the end of the yeah <laughs> the, uh, there. So so anyway, um. So we do. We'll kick off to start with. Let's run through a bit of a bit of bit of background of Scotland's second most mysterious lock, so the people at home can get a bit of a feel for the place. So, Loch Morar is situated about eighty-six miles to the west of Loch Ness in the Highlands of Scotland. Utsmon. The lock is a hundred. Sorry, the lock is eleven point seven miles long with a surface area of 10.3 square kilometres, which is considerably less than uh, Loch Ness. It's deeper than Loch Ness, with a maximum depth of 310 metres, making it the the deepest lake in the British Isles. Due to its remote location, it doesn't have many residents and doesn't attract many tourists. Even so, over the years, reports of a mystery beast lurking in the depths of the loch have emerged, similar to the reports of the more famous monster in Loch Ness. Oh, off-license wants See to know, you. is that monster crying in that picture? Yeah. No, that's, that's pre-carbon, that is. So, yeah, so just dripping out there, just uh, really lubricating. So, anyway. See you, Jimmy. So... It looks like that whale's got hyperspadius, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's got an off-center eye. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so what we'll do, what we'll do, we'll kick off, and uh, and what we'll do then, let's have a look then at uh, uh go to the next picture there, uh, Hemi, and uh, we'll just have a look at the home of uh, of Morag. Just get an idea of. Uh, oh, that looks nice, doesn't it? We're looking. At you here. think that was Barbados so, or something? Not water's nice and clear. Not, yeah, not like Loch Ness. Exactly. 
not Loch Ness is a fucking shithole, but Loch Marae is much, much nicer. An idyllic place of unspoiled natural beauty. Good for bird watching, fishing. A good place to take a girl if you want to get off with this. So you can uh, get do a, that. Get a stinky finger. Exactly. You know. <laughs> A bird actually shat on my car last night. I'd finish. Uh, I'd finish with her. I'd finish well, with her. I'm, I'm not taking her again anyway. Doing that. So, so you reckon if you if you took a if you took a bird bird up to that lock, then you'd hear some mysterious moaning, would you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you could penetrate her there. That would uh, happen. Anyway, so you know. Getting a feel for the place, getting a feel of, um, you know, the sort of remote location where it is. Go to the next uh, picture there, Hemi, if you could. Um, picture number four, I know, and uh, we'll have a look at the map so we can just get a bit of an idea of where it is in relation to Loch Ness. We can see Loch Ness there to the right of the picture, and Loch Marar to the west on the coast so there. Russell Lock is just like the silly Scottish word for lake. And there'd be these mm. big round, but they look more like just kind of drowned valleys, really, aren't they? It is, yeah, and it is really a lake, you know, but with Scotland has to be a bit different, doesn't it? Oh, no, you know, I, think, so. I think locks are like lakes that are closer together, are they not? Yeah, and yeah maybe they are, maybe they are, but yeah, maybe they, they are, but, but who maybe, really maybe you have to get to a certain <laughs> width to be a lake. Yeah, if yeah. if you haven't got a certain width, you're has locked. Anyone, has anyone tried a deep-fried Mars bar? It's the national I've, dish of Scotland. I've had a battered Snickers bar because... Yeah, uh, no. I've, yeah. I've had deep-fried cream egg. Really? I've had a deep-fried... Yeah. I, I, I was in Edinburgh and I had a deep-fried Mars bar. It's actually... It wasn't actually too bad, I thought. So, uh, well, that's that's why. I mean, I prefer Snickers to Mars. So I, I said, "Can I have a yeah. battered Snickers bar?" And this is yes. And I was like, "Oh, yeah. it's gorgeous!" But it's one uh, of those uh, things uh, like, if I eat this more than once a year, I'm going to end up very fat. Uh, uh, I had a fanny battered uh, Snickers bar, <laughs> so that was. That's what's delicious. Yeah, haggis. Yeah. I, I mean, I like black pudding, but I think I'll pass on haggis. No, I had a black pudding. I sampled black pudding, you know, man of the world. But anyway, let's move on. So anyway, there, there we can see that Loch Ness, there you get an idea. People can see, you know, Loch Ness there, Loch Marath, pretty close. Um, so basically, if um, if Nessie and Morag wanted to meet up for a pint, they wouldn't have too, too far to travel there. So um, what we can do... What would that look like, though? Let's look at the next picture there, Hemi. Let's go to the next picture. We'll what see have we got here? Morag and Nessie hanging out together. Let's have a look there, and we'll see what that looks like. There we go. Look at that, eh? Two monsters That's side what... by side. Was Morag in um, Family Ness? Um... Oh, no, Mor Morag was in uh, Take the High Road. I don't know if you lads remember that yeah. one. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I didn't watch either of those programs, but uh, I can. But uh, yeah, probably was. But yeah, there they are. They're having the right laugh, or maybe they've got. Looks like they got the ump with each other there. Hey. Yay. So what? Is Jack and one's going to the? Oh look, that guy's got his camera. Got, got his camera out. Quick, put your head down. <laughs> <laughs> what is the Loch Ness monster's favourite Black Eyed Peas song? Um, Ooga Booga gives me yeah. watermelon for free. Yeah, I got a feeling. <laughs> oh, 
But oh, uh, okay. yeah, he wouldn't. Yeah, they're a shit. They're a shit <laughs> band. But I, I, I would, I would, I'd throw one up Fergie though. Yeah, I'd throw, give her one. And uh, when I see Fergie, I, I mean Fergie the singer, and not Fergie the Manchester United manager or Fergie the Duchess of York, who's a, a fucking pig. So uh, just let you know. That. Does she a lot? Does Fergie does she eat a lot there? The Duch- Fergie the singer or the Duchess of York? Yeah, the Duchess of Pork. I don't know. She, don't know. She's no. She's no oil painter, though, is she? And no. anyway, saying so she's watercolor. Yeah, but no, Fergie, the, yeah. Uh, Fergie the singer is a lesbian though apparently, so uh, that uh, uh, that's fine by me. Yeah, no, that's fine uh, by me. I got no problem. I got no problem with that. Just just don't rub them up the wrong way. Oh, I found out. I've got to do a quick Pornhub search. (laughs) Yeah. Whilst whilst you're on about that, I found out recently that um, the reason domestic uh, abuse is so, uh, domestic violence is so high amongst lesbians is because they're in a sexless relationship. So they just end up like hammering up one another. It's also because they've got, they've all got like they, they're constantly making sandwiches and they've got no man to make them for so they're just surrounded by all these sandwiches <laughs> is lesbianism like the female version of incel could <laughs> 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 yeah. we oh um, <laughs> staying on that though I, i've i've forgotten i've forgotten how to spell clitoris um I've been racking oh, my brain, but um, it was on the tip of my tongue last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I used to have. I used to have an American girlfriend. Uh, she was very strict. Um, she would say like, uh, she would say, "No, we're not going to have sex tonight." Period. And I'd be like, "Yeah, right. That's fair enough. Yeah, fair enough." So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> do you remember that, yeah, uh, but, do you remember okay. that Mickey Flanagan one where he's in the car with his American girlfriend and he's going, going she invites him in for a cup of tea so what, what you want me to come in your ass uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I think um, no but come on gynecologists they do a great job don't they so um, thumbs up to them so you know you know, uh, you know, the, you know yeah. the difference between a gynecolo- gynecologist and a genealogist don't you Ian uh, no, what is it? Tell me. One one looks at your family tree, the other one looks at your family bush. <laughs> uh, yeah, my friend had a vasectomy, but uh, he doesn't give a toss. But anyway. <laughs> All right, okay. All right, we've had that fun, so come on, back, back to the subject. <laughs> come on. All right, so, um, yeah, so back to the, uh, back to the monster. So, so what we'll do now, then, we'll look at some early reports of Morag from the pre-monster boom of the 20th century prior to when the film King Kong came out and put ideas into people's heads. So let's have a look then. Yeah? So references to the legend of Morag can be found in Scottish folklore where the monster's appearance is seen as a bad omen of upcoming death and disaster. An interesting quote was uncovered in a Victorian book of Scottish folk tales published in the 1800s, and it reads as follows. <clears throat> Morag, arbiter of death, giant swimmer in the deep green morar, lock that has no bottom. Here it is, the monster lives. So basically, is... um, mm. basically, 80s heavy, heavy metal band lyrics. 
Well, <laughs> it's interesting. Though folklore is generally full of bullshit and wank, it's interesting that the aforementioned monster is seen and believed by some in the modern day. So that's like, you know, um, interesting that that's something. Something is being reported from the lock. What about the bagpipes? Oh, they sound fucking awful. Yeah. Anyone likes that shit? Yeah. Uh, Turkish okay. invention. Yeah. Well, say so they they come from Turkey. The, yeah. They, it wasn't Tur- wasn't Turkey back then, but um, all right. You know. so, well, they can go back to Turkey. Anyway, all right then. So, other texts of this period describe Morag as the infamous water kelpie, the horse-headed demon that drags its victims to their watery grave. Whilst other accounts describe Morag as a mermaid-like creature with long, lusturious, cascading hair well, and because the, the kelpie use the kelpie you think yeah. it's a, it runs around it pretends to be a horse doesn't it and then you jump on its back and then you get oh, stuck yeah. to it and it drags you down to you it's the name of someone's horse in the witcher books oh is it <laughs> yeah no it's um yeah so uh, it is it is often associated with scottish locks and uh though though it doesn't look like the uh the plesiosaur creature that is reported in the modern day. It's just uh, one of them things. What well, interesting to to see an unknown creature has been reported from centuries gone by. Um, the Morag is also described as the skull-faced Grim Reaper. Mm. These reports nice. are too old to be taken seriously, and the lines between fact and fiction are blurred. Yeah, uh, Hobbit. Oh, got nothing. No, so- oh, right, I was going to say something like Morag, not to be confused with uh, the other Scottish celebrity, Ballbag. Yeah, Ballbag, that one we all know. Ballbag, yeah. Or the Crankies, of course. Eh? Yeah. Or Jimmy Cranky, anyway. the Scottish Prime Minister. Yeah. He used to go to swingers' parties, apparently. But, Who? Uh, Jimmy Cranky? Oh, the Crankies did, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Because it wasn't really a school. I don't want to spoil it for you, but it wasn't really a schoolboy. It was a. It was a woman. It was actually a. Me- it was actually a mentally a, a mentally a woman. Yes. Yeah, they used to, uh, you know, have orgies and whatever. Anyway, anyway, all right then. So, an interesting. Do you think it started, think it started from a se- sexual fetish? You used to get a degree. Said so dress up as a school in a school uniform. And you did no, not that one. I meant the girls' school uniform. Yeah. Uh, well, it wouldn't be the first time, would it? So. Mm. Anyway, an interesting book published in 1937 called A Foot in Wild Places by a guy called Seton Gordon tells tales of yesteryear in the Highlands. He said he had talked to the old people of Morar. They told him that 50 or 60 years earlier they would see a boat without sails towing one or two other boats on the lock at dusk. Some of them thought that they were seeing the motorboats of the future. Stupid fuckers. That was seen the footer. said it was the beast of Loch Marat playing on the surface. So again. Or it know, could have been a robot, one of the two, you know. <laughs> well, some people said it was the beast. So obviously there was a... People knew of some kind of beast in the lock. But anyway. <laughs> they knew, they knew about tourism even days. back in those days, didn't they? They knew well, about tourism even back know. then, didn't they? No, yeah, but, you know, there could be something in this, though. There could be an unknown creature. Maybe, you know, we don't know. Giant otter, 
something. Another report from the olden days was recalled in 1971 by Lexi McLennan, an old lady in her 80s who lived by the lock. She recalled as a child she and her mother saw Morhack. She said it resembled an upturned boat and as they watched, another popped up beside it. Is that, is, that how you, is that how you tell a monster it's ugly? You tell it it looks like an upturned boat? Is that like the, the monster well. version of a back end of a bus? Yeah, sort of, but, you know, obviously it could be, if you look at the, the monster there we're looking at, the upturned boat is the back of the monster. Underneath yeah. you've got the flippers, the tail, head and neck. So, you know, good, you know you've got to use your imagination a bit. <clears throat> so, in 1931, a Scottish privy councillor by the name of Lord John Hope didn't see the monster, but he had an unusual experience during a fishing trip to Loch Marar. He said the following. <clears throat> In September 1931, myself and my friend, Berkeley Sheffield, and my brother took a local skippered boat out onto the loch in the hope of catching some trout. We cast our lines into the deepest part of the loch. I was fishing with a fairly long trout rod and was using a metal spinner as bait. Suddenly, something took the line, which was heavier than anything I'd ever experienced before or since. The line was taken directly downward at such a pace that it would have been madness to try and stop it with my fingers. In a few seconds, the whole line had gone and the end of my rod snapped. Whatever the animal was, its enormous weight had prevented me from being able to lift up the rod at all. The three of us started to piss ourselves laughing at what had just happened. The skipper of the boat didn't join us in our jest, though. He looked very serious and was shitting himself. He mumbled something and said we'd better go back, and we headed back to shore. Oh, so, yeah. Scottish is just a dull, miserable bunch. That was in 19, 1931, so... Oh, I think I went for a swim that day. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Anyway, so, you know... Peculiar, eh? We all know that uh, we all know what kind of fish are there, and it could could have some mm. could something could a standard trout do that? No, doubt it. So could be a really big pike. Mysterious is in the lock on the twenty seventh on the twenty seventh of March, nineteen thirty four. Loch Marar resident Charlie McDonald was out on the lock in a small rowing boat when he saw a long neck and small head rise about eight feet out of the water, fifty yards in front of him. He likened it to a huge eel. The neck was about was it, one was it, foot was in it diameter whale on back? black in colour. Could have been a whale on his back, but um, yeah. there's no whales in Loch Marar, so The beast was in view for about a minute before it submerged. So, there we've got some early reports from Loch Marar. So, so when, are we getting, um, when are we getting reports from Loch, Loch Ness then, Ian? What sort of years are we getting reports well, they're the sort of thirties, and if you look at the the film King Kong, when did that come out? I think that was nine. Was it nineteen thirty? Early nineteen thirties, King Kong. That was when people started to see prehistoric monsters. Um, that film gave us the imagery of sort of the plesiosaur, that kind of thing, put ideas into people's heads. Though we see the film now, and these special effects are shit at the time. They were cutting edge, stop motion photography. It was like, you yeah. know, blew people's minds, basically. So, but yeah, we got some early reports there. So, there's, you know, definitely some kind of presence in the lock. People were seeing something. But what was it? Let's go over to the Dom. 
and have a look at some more contemporary reports and let's see if we can untangle the mystery of Loch Murrah. Okay. Um, okay, about 7pm on the 30th of July 1948, John Gillies was taking his boat full of tourists on a trip to the lock. He had been operating these tours for 25 years. One of the tourists, Frank Fleet of Liverpool, spotted a movement in the water about a quarter of a mile away. John Gillies then came out of the boat's engine room and looked at the disturbance through binoculars. The disturbance seemed to have been caught by a creature of about 25 feet long with five distinct humps. The sighting had multiple witnesses. They said the humps did not appear to be undulating as you would expect from a serpent-type creature, but were static. No one saw a head or a tail, and the creature moved slowly, about four miles per hour, leaving a slight wash behind it. It remained in sight for several minutes. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. It almost... What could this be? Inanimate objects floating. <laughs> could be a log. Yeah. yeah. I mean, could it, could it be? Logs. Could it be people? Be people caught up in the um, caught up in the the Loch Ness hysteria? It could it well be actually. actually. <laughs> may have had an influence, but it could be. It could be. That, be that's why I was asking. That's why I was asking about dates. Do the do the, do the, do the old dates for Loch Mora are they? Do they correspond to Loch Ness yeah. dates? Do they? So I guess yeah. the the, la- uh, the later you go, the less likely the things are likely to be authentic. Basically, Loch Ness kicked off in the early thirties. That's when it really got popular. So nineteen forty-eight. So yeah, you know, it would people would be aware of that, but it's still, you know. It still doesn't mean there's not a monster there. So John Kelly says in says in chat. He says last century they had a Loch Ness monster. This century we've got thousands of cockless monsters. Mm. Quite true. <laughs> How was the uh, Morag Mafia back then? I mean, it, you know, it could have just been people in body bags, right? You know. <laughs> uh, I mean, could it be? Um, I mean, have all the, have all the locks got their own story, or there's only a couple of locks have their own story, or you know, I'm, I'm just Pretty trying much. to, I'm, ju- I'm just trying to work out whether it's like a hysteria that spread throughout Scotland, or whether it's um, just a lot of a lot of the most Scottish locks have got some kind of legend, but Loch Ness mm. and Loch Murray have got a lot more, and also theirs have come into the modern age. Um, a lot of Irish lakes have got monsters as well, and also a lot of Lem- American lakes, and we can and we can look at those in future shows as well. But yeah, yeah. it is a, you know, there are lake monsters around the world which are um, seen, even photographed and filmed in the modern age that uh, we can look at. In the, but uh, yeah, it's not just Loch Ness and Loch Murray, but I think uh, Loch, well, uh, Loch Ness and, and Loch like- Murray are the most um, the most the most active on the lake monster front. Yeah. Yeah, apparently, uh, Lake um, Lake Michigan has got a, a monster, mm. which is, is the, the governor of Flint, Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you heard about that? <laughs> oh, I know. Anyway. I know. That, I know. He does. Uh, probably all the lead they're fucking ch- chugging down in their water, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Flying my beer. Yeah. Carry on, Dom. Yeah, okay, so in the 50s, Mrs. Julie Parks gave the following account of her experience with Morag. 
when I was about 10 years of age, I was playing at the front of our house, which is on the shore of Loch Murrah. I glanced out at the loch when I saw what appeared to be an upturned boat coming along the loch, quite near the shore. I watched it for a little while, and then I called my mother out. She stood with me and watched it travel westwards until it vanished out of sight. We thought it might be an old boat and mentioned it to my father later that evening. He brought to our attention the fact that the slight wind that day prevailed from the west, expelling the boat theory. It must have been something more mysterious. Strange. Because um, the, the weird thing about Every this is, is, is none of the um, Loch Ness reports uh, describe it as being like an upturned boat. Where you, yeah, all of these are describing it as an upturned boat, which is well, no, a, lot, a lot of them do actually. A lot of um, a lot of the Loch Ness sightings do describe it as an upturned boat. Oh, there okay. are also multi-humped and lock and long neck and head pleaser sort type um, sightings, but no, it, it, you know, it, it, it is common for the Loch Ness uh, description to be an upturned boat and similar here. here so. So, yeah, um, also, um, Mrs. Parks' brother, Duncan McDonnell, also had a sighting some years later. His sighting is classed as the best Morag encounter, and we'll cover that later on. So, um, in, in September 1958, Dr. George Cooper was on holiday with his family at Loch Marat. Um Cooper was a distinguished scientist, author, painter, and photographer. And one morning of the vacation, Cooper spent about two hours sketching the lock. During this time, he saw what we thought was a submerged log drifting slowly westwards. The object was about 50 yards from the witness and swam in what is described as an S-course. Then all of a sudden, the object disappeared. Cooper said, one minute the thing was there, the next instant it was not. Cooper's daughter, Susan, was also present, and she saw it go down in a swirl of water. She said, trying to rationalise the sinking at the time, I suggested that it was probably due to the log being waterlogged, and it was just floating above the surface, a sort of long curve, slightly higher in the centre. I more or less convinced both of us that this was the reason. As Cooper was making sketches of the log at the time, he included included the object in one of his landscapes. So we can see it in the next picture. Let's have a look at Cooper's sketch. Should be good. Yeah, that's good inconclusive. The <laughs> it's, Let's see what we've got. It's a, number six. And there it is. Float, a floating a turd, turd a turd, on the surface. A turd floating in the lake. It is interesting. Anyway. So there we go. Could be a, a fresh, freshwater Crocodile, maybe. It, it does look like like a crocodile, doesn't it? Floater. <laughs> so, uh, upon hearing about the monster investigations taking place at the lock in later years, Susan rethought her sinking log theory and was open to other more mysterious explanations. So... Yeah, basically, she was influenced by all the other stories. And thought, yeah, now oh, she can now, now she can get a bit of notoriety well. out of it. She's gonna, she's going to throw us, throw her hat into that <laughs> particular ring, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, Doctor Cooper said that it, the object was grey in colour, was eight to twelve feet long, nine inches high in the middle, and its shape was like a flat ellipse. He thought the shape may have changed during its slow progress, having at one stage been higher at one end. 
the texture was like the rough or semi-rough surface of a tree trunk and definitely not shiny. Fuck, someone's got a yeah. dot. What? What, mate? Yeah, go on. He's gone. <laughs> Sorry, go um, <laughs> yeah, 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 go on. Uh, you were, yeah, yeah, you would have thought a doctor would be the be best witness you could have. An educated man of science, a pillar of the community, someone who uses logic, logic, and you would believe what they said. Wait, like, like, like somebody, those. like an upstanding pillar of the community, with someone like, say, uh, Harold Chipman. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> him, him and, and another person that Dom will come on to now as well. Yeah. Or yeah. the person that, that um, yeah, someone's found the best piece of evidence for the Loch Ness monster, the cla uh, classic black and white head head and neck photo, and this was uh, recently uncovered as a hoax, and it was also it was always been referred to as the surgeon's photo because it was taken by a doctor. So yeah, and, and anyway, oh, you, you can always trust, trust the doctor. So. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a big shame, isn't it? That that the picture that we all know was um, taken by a doctor. We've always looked at it in the textbooks, you know, and the, yeah, it turns out it was just um, a hoax. So yeah, so was he a GP? I mean, he was a gynecologist. He was actually yeah, a gynecologist. Was he a GP yeah, in yeah. the Hyde oh, area? <laughs> He was a gynecologist, so thumbs up to him. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Second, second time I've used that one. So yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So, yeah. So, Give it to you, Ian. Yeah, the mystery is um, picking up momentum then after Doctor Cooper's sketch that we can see there. So yeah. So we'll move on then. We'll move on to a little later in the uh, century. So. <laughs> Into the 60s. So let's have a look at some of the, the, the more recent sightings. So in July 1963, local headmaster Adam McCollum and his wife were taking a holiday at a cottage on a hillside overlooking Loch Marar. At about 11.15am one morning, Malcolm sat in the living room flicking through a porno mag that he had found under a hedge. This was before the days of the internet, so you would have to use this kind of literature. As he got to the reader's wives section, he looked up and glanced across the lock. He put down the jazz mag and said the following. <clears throat> Out in the middle of the bay, I could see an object that looked like an upturned boat. But I'm sure Ooh, it dun, was not dun, that. Dun. Yeah. Hey, what, what, if, what if it's a monster hiding under an upturned boat? Oh, God, this is like some philosophy shit. <laughs> well, I don't see the cow behind the rock. Does the cow actually exist? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> philosophy. I was going to say Scooby Doo. It's Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's I've been under an upturned canoe, and you, it's pretty, it's quite a good laugh. You can yeah, breathe we and walk. Really we really underneath the canoe. We couldn't see you. Yeah. Yeah. Scooby Doo as well is worth having a look at Scooby Doo because you can, you know, you you can learn from Scooby Doo. I did so. So, so what really should have happened? Anyway. Someone should have whipped the unter upturned boat off, and they're going, "I knew it was you. It was the Loch Ness monster <laughs> all along." <laughs> I find the janitor under the <laughs> under the upturned boat. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Then. So anyway, so he was reading a porno. And then anyway, he saw that object. He said, "Okay." So, uh, McCollum continued. 
At this point, my wife joined me. She saw the object, and we discussed what it might be. Too big to be a fish? And the wrong colour. It was still to be a number of fish, and no splashing. Wrong shape to be a boat. Would it be a log? I then got some binoculars for a better look. At this point, a local resident came and asked me if we had seen the same thing as he had. Whilst trying to focus, I found the object had disappeared, leaving no trace on the surface. As far as I could estimate, it had not changed position during the period I was watching, and it had not moved or altered shape. At the time, I had not heard anything of a monster or abnormal creature in the lock. Upon so our return, did, to the so house, if it didn't my, move or change wife, shape, hmm? if it didn't move or change shape, it was probably a lot upturned boat then. <laughs> well, it did disappear though, so it was uh, there right. one minute, gone the next. So, you know. But anyway, upon our return to the house, my wife saw the copy of Razzle I was looking at. I said it wasn't <laughs> mine, but she didn't believe me. I was in the doghouse for the rest of the week. So there's so there's um, a game. Mysterious things going on at Loch Marar. Given additional details, Mr. McCollum said the object was about as long as four, a 14-foot dinghy and greeny-brown in colour. So, yeah. Keeps they happening. They've been getting bigger and bigger, don't they? It's weird. Well, you know, they've all started to get bigger and bigger, these accounts. like. Yep. And, so, and also, I find it a bit weird how they're always able to kind of specify it was this many feet long you know yeah. it, it, I don't know I, 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 I suppose I, they're being I, I suppose they're being pressed into uh, coming up with a length though aren't they I suppose if you're a country person you know country people they're, they're, they're familiar with the size of things you know rural people yeah. they, do, <laughs> so they do inbreed with each other and marry their sister and things like that but in terms of actual measurements and Estimations, they are good at that. Um, anyway, let's let's move on. In May 1964, Mr. and Mrs. Alec Patmore had been standing on the north shore of Loch Marar with their two children. It was about 1 p.m. in the afternoon, and the loch surface was flat calm with, and there was no wind. About 200 yards from the shore, they saw a movement on the loch. It was a large object moving eastwards at about 20 miles per hour. The object had three humps and was dirty grey in colour. There was also a rolling wash caused by the object. Atmore said... It looked like a, the wave of a small boat at speed, but the movement of the water was like a large vessel, like a midget submarine just breaking the surface, i.e. a deal of displacement. We judged the, the length of the hubs above the water um, as 10 feet each, and their height um, about 4 feet or 5 feet high. The what? sighting lasted for about a minute when the hubs ap appeared to submerge. Patmore continued, both my wife and I are convinced we saw a thing moving through the water, but have no idea of its real identity. So, history there. What could it be? What, Let's move on. What, are yeah? they saying it's like 30 foot long this time now? Well, that one, yeah, it could be. It's 30 foot's a bit, a bit right, isn't it? Yeah, a bit 30 foot. Um... Jesus. But some of the, so if there's a number of creatures, some of them are bigger, some of them are smaller. It could be a family. Like, have you not with, seen with, the family? Four foot lumps is like deviation mm. between the 
ten, yeah, with ten feet in between them. Exactly. If you're not seeing the family nest, they're all different sizes. You've got mo the mother and the father and the baby, <laughs> so you know, you can use these things as as guidance. Okay, so. In August 1964, William Fotheringham and Alexander Easton were standing on the north shore of Loch Marah when they encountered Morag. Fotheringham said, about 200 yards from the shore, we saw a, a, a huge hump on the surface between three and four feet out of the water and about five or six feet below. Colour black and shining, you know, how a fish looks when held in the sun. This lump looked the same as if some sort of had had some sort of scum on it. I could not estimate how fast the hump was moving, but it was very fast. The reason I know this is because of the heavy black wash. Because of this wash, there must have been more of the object under the water. It was a lovely summer's day with heavy mist over the water, and the lock was very calm, and this is why we saw it so plain. Both men watched the object uh, uh, move around, submerging into deep water. It was around 3 p.m., so, you know, they're seeing back of an object. Not really the head and neck sightings. All right, there are the odd head and neck sightings coming, but um, on the whole, um, you know, a submerged object with a back breaking the surface. Anyway. So, yeah, there definitely does seem to be something in the lock. Have you got, uh, have you got uh, Emu in the room with you? You, you two fighting over the mic, is that what's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you and Emo, e Emu are fighting over the mic, Ian. Who, me? Yeah. Oh, no, there's no, no Emu here. Where's uh, the... Yeah, so... Anyway, okay. So, from 1962 to 1969, Captain J.S. Metcalf and his wife Dora lived in a house called Swordlands Lodge on the banks of Loch Murrah. Let's um, have a look at the uh, this property then. Um, if you could, Hemi, let's go to the next picture, number seven. Picture, Swordlands Lodge. This one. On that looks the banks nice, of it? Murrah. Let the people at home see. And there Is we there go. actually no road leading yeah. to that place? How the fuck do you get to it? Is that Near the attraction? No, um, is that how you drive up to the house? Is it? There's probably a road or something behind it under the um, foliage, but um, it's a, it's, it looks like quite a good property. You have a good party there, and um, you know it look, overlooks the lodge. So, yeah, quite a quite a nice. Uh, what a nice place. So, Captain Metcalf was a distinguished sailor and his wife was a mathematics graduate from London University. She built up a computer business, which was later taken over by International Computers Limited. So, so they made a few quid. And if you look at the, look at the property there, so, you know, it's a fair size. I would think that would, uh, you know, you'd have to have a few quid to buy that, uh, buy that there. And, I don't know, uh, because yeah, of where so. they are, they go for a bit cheaper sometimes, don't they? I would think so, but it's, you know, it could be. It's good to get away from that it's castle good, on know, the island. Location. Went for next to nothing, didn't it? Yeah, it was about uh, two hundred grand or something. Two fifty, weren't it? Something like that. I think we took. We... I mean, not one of those is probably equivalent in price to a cardboard box on the streets of mm -hmm. London. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
At least in a place like that, you you know, you're you're away from all the fucking idiots and arseholes that live. So you know, I would. Uh, so it's got that that as well. But good good place to retire to. But anyway, okay. It'd be, it'd, so. it'd be a good place for a, a, a group of um, teenagers to have a wild party. Yeah, a group of stoners murder them to death one by one with an axe yeah. <laughs> uh, see I came or back maybe... at the right time then maybe, yeah, we're just maybe discussing the, monster... the house in the picture maybe the monster could go on the rampage there but yeah so yeah. you have to climb the hill first it's not, it or a good place for Alistair Alistair oh, Crowley to buy like he bought the, the property in Loch Ness wasn't it a similar type Aren't there, like aren't there rumours that Nessie's walked before, isn't there? Didn't, some, didn't someone what, catch Nessie on a road or something? Yeah, that's yeah. there is actually. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But you'll never Nessie's see a Nessie in the zoo. Yeah, right. Nessie has been on land no. a few times. Yeah. Anyway, okay then. So so there we go. They've got the idea there of the um, of the of um, of where the Metcalfs lives. Uh, I'm sure the property is still standing. Maybe a hotel or something these days. Something like that. But anyway... So, in 1962, they retired and went to live at Loch Marar. The couple would spend much time fishing the loch for salmon, and Mrs. Metcalf had a bird table at the front of the house where she encouraged wild birds to come and feed, often sitting or standing for long periods so that the birds would come close. So if you look at the front of the property there... The bird table was probably there. Mrs. Metcalf had oh, a bird not... table and also a good view of the log. <laughs> it was during one of her bird feeding sessions that she first saw what be would become a so such a familiar sight that in the end, they hardly bothered to watch. Captain Metcalf described one of their initial counters with Morag as follows. <clears throat> We did not believe there was anything large in the lock until about 1966. So when on a rather windy morning we saw three patches of light-coloured water moving across the bay from east to west against the wind. We got binoculars and examined the patches. Nothing broke the surface and we concluded that they were caused by a pair of very large otters followed by their young. From then onwards, the light-coloured patches frequently appeared. They always came into sight close to the point on the east side of the bay and moved slowly across the edge of the deep water, a depth of about 30 feet. It would then pause for a few minutes as if feeding and move out of sight. The patches were oval in shape. The first or leading patch was about 12 feet long by 6 feet across. The second patch was about 7 feet and the third patch was about 4 feet long and about 3 feet wide. The distance between the patches was about 9 feet and this distance never varied. So that sort of spells the otter theory. If it was a series of otters they'd be moving around but this was static. The the uh, the humps or the patches of... Implying, of, um, it, implying it's all one thing. Yeah, yeah, implying that it's all one big monster. And it must have been. So, Metcalf continued. <clears throat> On the first few sightings, we would call each other and examine the patches through binoculars. But as time went by, we would just call, oh, there's the monster again, and would not bother any further. It never broke the surface, so there was nothing more to see. 
it always followed the same track at approximately the speed at approximate speed of two to three knots. So yeah, look at that then. You know, you're seeing a mystery animal, and you get you see it so often that you just you just can't be asked to watch anymore. Like you know. If you've got Bigfoot coming into your back garden, you look out the window and you see it so often, you think, oh, yeah, there's Bigfoot. Fuck it, though. I can't be bothered uh, to not look. Big, hey. Not Bigfoot Just again. Like imagine that. Yeah, imagine that, eh? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> Loch Marah researcher Elizabeth Montgomery Campbell managed to interview Captain Metcalf. He's got a lot of names. So, um, yeah, so, you know, obviously, this is one of the best witnesses. So, interviewed. She's posh. So what we're going to do now? We're going to try something, do something a bit different. Do something a bit different. Yeah. Going to, um, you know, put our method acting uh, clothes on, and um, what we're going to do now is act out the interview. Dom will play the part of the interviewer, and I myself will play the part of Captain Metcalf. Let's take it away. Okay. Oh. Did you see the objects at all times of the day, or only at certain times? Mostly in the afternoons, when we were busy about the house. The patches of yellowish-grey water were only seen from Swordland's Lodge. I do not think you would see them from a boat unless you were very close. Did you see the objects at all times of the year, or only certain times? Yes, particularly in spring. Have you any knowledge of anyone else reporting a similar sighting? No. Why do you think local shepherd Callum Cameron says he has not seen anything significant in the lot in 40 years? Callum Cameron is a very, very busy man and has very little time to look at the lock. His eyes are on his sheep and cattle or soaring firewood, planting or lifting potatoes. He saw many boats and drifting logs which he had not seen. He is genuine and truthful, one of the very best. Um, was the sighting associated with any particular weather conditions? No. In fact, you specifically mentioned patches of light-coloured water. Can you actually say that these were caused by something solid below the water? Or would your experience lead you to support this? I have already told you that the first sightings we thought it was a family of otters. Later, when the patches were always uh, precisely the same formation and size, it was obviously that they were connected to each other. How long did an average sighting take from beginning to end? In other words, can we establish a maximum time during which the creature did not surface to breathe air? I won the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you can't handle the if truth. If we sighted the monster as it came past at the eastern point of the bay, it would be in sight for about a quarter of an hour. Sometimes it would be three quarters of an hour. Sometimes it would be three quarters of a way across before we noticed it and it passed west for a few minutes might the pattern have started before 1966 without you noticing it or is this very unlikely oh improbable improbable 
Was there ever a boat in the vicinity during one of those sightings? Objection. Objection. So, you badgering the did witness. Did the react or not? Yeah. Badgering the witness. <laughs> <laughs> did a sighting ever occur soon after a boat had passed or only when the lock had been quiet for some time? No. All through the winter, we only went down to the lock once or twice a week. There were very few boats on the lock, except in June, July and August, when there might be four or five in one day. Was there ever a wash or a wake? No, it went slowly. Exactly. What do you mean by fairly frequently? Such as once every few weeks, two or three times a year, etc.? Uh, perhaps twice in one week, then not for a month. From your knowledge of the bay, from which points do you think the objects could be seen, and from what height above the water? Do you think they would show up on film, assuming reasonable conditions and expertise? Uh, my knowledge of professional photography is small, but you would require a telescopic lens with colour film to get any picture. And it would tell you nothing more than what I have described. Now they're always better than when they're blurry. <laughs> Do you think these patches tie up with reports of a multi-humped creature? Uh, yes, definitely. Would you say the sizes you quote are actual sizes of subsurface objects, or would refraction make them appear smaller or bigger? Hmm. It is suggested that you refer to your elementary physics notebook uh, for the angle of light at which a ray passes from the rearer to the denser medium. Ooh, host, hostile witness. Soldiers, looking down from Swordland's Lodge to the outer edge of the bay, the angle at the eye between the lines from the outer to the inner edges of the small patch of water would only be seconds of arc. Uh, the angle of incidence to the water would be practically the same, so the refraction would almost be the same, and not worth consideration. Hmm. Hmm, interesting. Anyway, have you, ever, have you ever formed a theory as to why the creature should only be seen to travel in one direction? If feeding, why should it not retrace its path later on? Why only shallow water on the outward trip, or did it come back at night? No, impossible to answer. Have you formed a theory as to what food supply attracted it? I have often wondered why there are not many more trout in Loch Morar, which is a breeding ground. The herons get some. We have seen big trout eat baby trout. Does the monsters feed on trout? Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So there we are. There we are. So that's that's the interview. So there we have it. A case. I'd, I'd say that interview. I'd say that interview really yeah. shit pushed in, didn't they? Yeah, well, and, um, I, I was tr I was trying to channel that that woman that interviewed Jordan Peterson. <laughs> so what you're saying is. <laughs> <laughs> interview by Captain Metcalf. Did he have something to hide? I don't know. That that, that interview sounded like oh, a bit of a bender, didn't he? Yeah, well. <laughs> also, um, anyway, so um, 
Captain Metcalf was also asked if he would undergo a drugs test, but he just said he said that was just taking the piss. Ah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey, they come in thick and fast, like. Good. All right, okay, so yeah. So the plot thickens, doesn't it? Lochmarar, the the evidence is building up, the witnesses. But anyway, so what we'll do, let's go over to Dom and he's gonna tell us the more encounters. Lochmarar. Dom. Right. So on the twenty seventh of August nineteen sixty eight, John McVarish, Lochmarar resident and barman at the Lochmarar Hotel, was out in his boat on, on the lock and gave the following account I saw this thing coming I thought it was man it was a man standing in a boat but as it got nearer I saw it was something coming out of the water I tried to get close to it with the outboard motor and what I saw was a long neck five or six feet out of the water with a small head on it oh wait hang on uh, with a small heed on it dark in colour coming quite slowly down the lock when I got to about 300 yards of it, I turned off into the deep and settled down slowly into the lock out of sight. The neck was about one and a half feet in diameter and tapered up to between 10 inches and one foot. I never saw any features, no eyes or anything like that. It was a snake-like head, very small compared to the size of the neck, flattish, it's a, whale on its a back. flat type of head. It seemed to have been very smooth skin, but at 300 yards, it's difficult to tell. It's very dark, nearly black. It was 10 a.m., dead calm, no wind, brilliant sunshine. I saw it for about 10 minutes, travelling very slowly. It didn't alter its angle to the water. It looked as if it was paddling itself along. There was very little movement of the water, just a small streak from the neck. I couldn't really see what was propelling it, but I think there was something at the sides more than behind it. Hmm. Um, Interesting. So the flippers are coming into play there. Head, neck, and flippers. Yeah, it seems like the, the classic Loch Ness type. Yeah, Loch Ness and many other lake monster uh, theories. So, mm. yeah. So on uh, July the 8th, 1969, Robert Duff was fishing in his boat on the south shore of Loch Murrah. He was doing about two knots and looking over the side. The water was about 16 feet deep and very clear. The bottom was almost white with leaves clearly visible on it. Suddenly, uh, Robert saw on the bottom what he described as a monster lizard. It was not more than 20 feet long, motionless and looking up at him. The shock caused him to rev up and get away as fast as possible so that he only saw the creature briefly. Duff described the creature's head as snake-like with eye slots but no ears. There were four legs with three digits visible per foot. He saw no neck as he was looking down on the creature from above. The body was rough like burnt coke. I hate that. When you get your coke and it's all sticky and you put it in the microwave, it just burns uh, it. I, <laughs> oh, coke! What is the stuff you burn in fires? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when when friends assured him he had seen a log, Duff went back to look, but it was no longer there. I would fucking shit myself if that if I saw that. So. Yeah. 
So that and that's the sort of sighting that you want, isn't it? Not just the distance. I'm not. Like I'm not going to. I'm not going to call the bloke for shitting himself on that one. I'm not. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there with him. But the creature was looking up at him. Oh. Fucking hell, man! So you only. Can you not just eat and take one for the team, like so we can prove it's real? Well, because they wouldn't find him, would they? <laughs> you know, unless he's lying. You know, it's, it's yeah. difficult. To, it's difficult to say with this one. It could be an um, could he mistake an otter, perhaps? But do otters do that? Do otters just sit at the bottom of the lake? You know, this is um, yeah, this is a uh, this one's a, the, a head fuck, isn't it? It's like what, what, what? Unless it's just a lie. It's better. Then, it's better than I gotta. I gotta admit, it's better than Loch Ness, isn't it? Yeah. Loch Ness is is shit compared to this, isn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's more like Lock, what a fucking mess. Lock Ness has got an adventure playground, so that's that's so that obviously well, like, a gift shop. And a gift shop, yeah, no yeah. gift shop. Yeah. You know something's definitely you just, know something's definitely kosher when it's got a gift screen. shop. Yeah. <laughs> Nessie's for Morak. Yeah, uh, le- le- <laughs> Nessie's the Nessie's the distraction for Morak, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well, shoot, yeah. shoot. We soldier on. Go for it. In mid July 1969, shop owner Bertie McLean had a similar sighting to Robert Duff. McLean was fishing um, his boat on the south shore. Looking over the side into the clear water about 20 feet down, he saw what he described as a great green shape on the bottom. He knew it was not a rock, but could not tell what it was. His friend who was controlling the boat would not take him seriously and would not stop the boat or turn back, so he was unable to get a closer look at it. But he was convinced it was something unusual. What a wanker. So, oh, there's mm. a monster there. Let's go back and have a look. Nah, nah. <laughs> we won't buy- nah, let's, let's carry on. So, I mean, yeah, we're doing it. If you, if I saw a great green shape on the bottom, I'd probably assume mm. it. Assume it was like a a huge, like clump of like a lawn of seaweed or something. Or it could be morag. And if you're, and surely by this by this point, people would have knew known about the legend. So if mm. someone says to you, "Oh, go back there," even if it is just a clump of seaweed, whatever, you're still going to go back and have a look, aren't you? That guy, yeah. that guy that who was the driving it, he's a bit of a cunt. That bloke. Um, mm. Yeah, we'll give him a slap if we see him. Yeah. So anyway. So yeah. Okay. Uh, August 11th of the same year, fisherman James Hanratty and John Barnage. When he, when he the when he the dude that murdered burnt a tramp <laughs> pretending to <laughs> that was Hanratty, wasn't it? He was the one that burnt the tramp in the car they? and pretended to run off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The last <laughs> the right to be hanged, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, yeah, they they were travelling up Loch Murray about noon in bright sunshine. No wind, and the loch surface was flat calm. John McVarnish uh, may sound familiar, as it was him who had a head and neck sighting the previous year. About 500 yards away, they could see something big moving through the water. They turned their boat towards the object and gave chase. As they drew closer, they saw three light brown humps, each three or four feet out of the water, the shallow depression between each hump. 
the humps were not separated by the water. The middle hump appeared to be the largest and the overall length was about 30 feet. By the time they had come close, the object had turned, leaving a big area of churning water as it did so and was coming back towards them very fast below the surface, leaving a wake like a big outboard motor. came quite close inshore, still submerged, past them at about 10 to 20 yards and then disappeared in deep water. The two men saw no head or tail and they were unable to describe the skin texture, although Mr. McVarnish was sure that it was light brown, lighter than the colour of the head and neck that he saw the year before. Mm. So he had two sightings. That's a bit lucky, isn't it? Yeah. People spent eight years looking for it and they don't they see lucky and this guy he has two sightings, yeah. Mm. And his name is Mr. McVanish as well, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, on this one, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so he really, he really is polishing that. He really is polishing that turd, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> or varnishing that turd, as the case may be. <laughs> okay, so now let's go to Ian, who will tell us about the most well-known encounter, mm. and you'll see why when he tells you. Yeah. All right then. So all right, prepare yourself now. Let's. Uh, oh, is it, is it, is it about this late Morag? Uh, yeah, go on then. So, <laughs> I, rem- I remember right. uh, CBBC had a, a, a puppet character called Morag, which was a cow. And I'm thinking to myself, ah, they're trying to distract from the fact that, you know, like when Alex Jones went to the Bohemian Grove and he said, that's Moloch, and it was an owl statue. And it's yeah. like, no, it's not Moloch. But I, I, so I'm thinking they're trying to confuse the issue by making Morag a cow when it's like, no, Morag's a monster. Morag could be a cow going for a swim and just be a, mistake, a mistaken identity, couldn't it? How well, that looks like a di- uh, dinosaur. That's dinosaur's conspiracy theory. A, di- <laughs> a, a cow which looks <laughs> like a dragon. Cow with an erection. A cow swimming on its back with an erection, that's what it is. Ah, exactly. but then, it, then yeah. it's a bull. Yeah. Exactly. I, I know my cows and... and Why in cartoons do the bulls always... Why in cartoons do the bulls always have others? I cows too much. My mate punished John Kelly for the hot It's like humps. It's the humps thing that, like, is getting me. It's not, wa- it's not very dynamic in the water, having humps. Why would it... Why would it have humps? Maybe they might give it buoyancy. Maybe it's like a sea yeah. camel. Exactly, yeah. Maybe it's one of those creatures that never should have existed and therefore God hates it. <laughs> I suppose a whale. I suppose a whale. If you look at a whale, as a, you know, a whale submerged does have a. Even though it's, it's his back, it's it is a humps, uh, humpback though, whale. Does All right, well, uh, blood was supposed to do away with these creatures, but someone was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna like." Exactly. You know, subsist on trout, and there's only been one of me left because that's how it works. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe Scotland has a genetic experiments lab, and they just dump all the rejects in the locks. Like that film yep. Alligator, when they dump that big giant alligator <laughs> yeah. in the Maybe in someone the flushed the monster down the toilet, and the sewage pipe is in Loch Ness or Loch Morar. Yeah. Nuclear waste got into the lock. Now yeah. look what's happened. Mm. Makes sense. Anyway, all right then. Okay, so let's let's look at this one then. Eh? Let's move on to the next encounter with Morag. Okay. 
On August the 16th, 1969, Scottish fishermen Duncan MacDonnell and William Simpson were casting their lines from their speedboat out into the lock. It was just after 9pm and visibility was still good, but the men decided to finish for the day and return back to shore. All of a sudden, they heard a splash behind them. MacDonald, who was at the wheel, turned the boat to go and investigate what had caused the splash. To the men's astonishment, it turned out to be a large creature travelling directly at them at a speed of 20 to 30 miles per hour. Within seconds, the creature struck the side of the boat, then stopped. MacDonald got the impression that the collision had been an accident, but feared the creature's sheer bulk could easily capsize the boat. He grabbed an oar and tried to push the creature away, while Simpson rushed into the crab cabin to grab his rifle. The oar snapped, then, then Simpson fired a single shot at the creature, but it seemed unaffected by the blast and slowly submerged and moved away out of sight. So, someone actually shot the creature. Hmm. Shortly afterwards, the men were interviewed by the BBC, ITV, and uh, the Loch Ness Investigation Bureau. The men seemed genuinely uh, shaken by the in encounter and were credible. They described the creature as being 25 to 30 feet long with dirty brown rough skin. It had three large black humps and a snake-like head. They admitted... They had been drinking whiskey, but insisted that they weren't pissed. Okay. Well, I, I mean... There's, yeah. a, there's a Loch Ness Investigation Bureau. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that, that was in the 60s and early sem and the 70s as well. They were... Do they have cards? Are they the LIB? Are they the LIB? <laughs> hey. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. No, no, they were. Well, uh, well, they run on taxpayer money? Or... <laughs> um... No, just sort of. Um, I'm not sure who they were, but people investigating the in investigating the Loch Ness phenomena, uh, volunteers, those kind of people. But we'll come on to that. So um, that though, that encounter we've just heard there, that's um, what could have happened. You know, mm. the monster rammed into the boat. They shot the monster. They hit it with an oar. They had a good sight in it. Wasn't an otter. Wasn't a cow. Wasn't a eel, could have been a really you know? big otter. It could have been a really big otter, and there was ball lightning, and Venus was in the sky. Yep, there you go. Could have been. Yeah. Could have been a yeah. Could have been a manatee. Yeah. Well. Yeah, and not, and not, not, and not, uh, not and narcolepsy. That's the other one, isn't it? eel, but then that wouldn't live in fresh water, would it? So. I mean, why would they lie? Why would they? Not hallucinogenic, is it? You can drink whiskey and you won't see stuff. Some whiskey well, has speed, speed in it. Whiskey does have some whiskey has speed in it, but that's not really it. It could be a massive freshwater eel. You seen that Jeremy Wade one in New Zealand where they're swimming up the sheep's ass? Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I've seen, These fucking sheep seen, no, I've seen, I've, I've seen most of the Jeremy Wade ones. I've not seen one where one sh swims up a sheep's ass. You don't get to say it, mate. You're watching animal porn, not rather than Jeremy. Is that what you're watching? Is that, is that what you're watching? The sheep, the sheep are crossing the creek, and he says, the eels go up their ass and start eating oh, their guts right. up. Right. Fucking oh, disturbing, grim. mate. Apparently, apparently they'll do it to you too, mate. Fuck. Oof. 
Well, a bit like that fish which swims up your pee hole because. Oh. Um... Well, I've heard of that. Yeah. That's, 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 yeah. But yeah. All right. So all right. Well, but even so, um, avoid natural bodies of water. <laughs> I thought. Yeah. Even so, that, that, that Just avoid nature. Though, that... Avoid nature. Stay in your yeah. concrete flat. Yeah, especially if you're an urbanite, you don't want to come to the countryside. It's dangerous. Yeah, just don't take a boat out onto Loch Marar. Yeah, don't don't upturn it either. <laughs> but no, let's do, to the do, last, up, um... do upturn it and have a bit of a laugh yeah, yeah. at the residents' <laughs> expense. But that last encounter, though, that's that is quite um, you know, that's that's quite specific. And unless they're lying, then obviously that's very difficult. To I mean, explain would, what happened there. Wouldn't lie, would they? No. Why would someone lie, lie some about something do... like that, Ian? Well, people do lie. You know, it could be a no, lie, but, you know. No, Not about stuff like but this. Obviously... Yeah, but you know what? Anyway, the okay. was suspicious, didn't they? And they asked, like, what were you doing out in the lake? And they had to make that shit up because, you know, they were having mm. But anyway, it. okay. But that's all thank we've you, got, you, you know. Boat, huh? That's all we've got to go on. But anyway, okay. But that there, that's that's the that's the money shot that sighting. That's what really put this case on the map. Um, anyway, okay, let's let's look at another let's look at another encounter. So, in late August 1969, John Hang Clement stayed. Uh, well, sorry, sorry, uh, yeah, I just realised there's there's a shitload of stuff going on in '69, isn't there? Uh, yeah, all the drugs. Yeah. Quite, all the hallucinogens. Quite, quite, <laughs> Yeah, yeah in the 69, yeah, 69, you do. Yeah, sixty nine. You're like licking out. You're like getting sucked off. <laughs> the, you know, there's like, yeah, 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 like rimming, rimming. You know, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, all going I mean, on down there in, in the yeah. sixty nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, also it's in, um, yeah, nineteen sixty nine as well. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you know where you know the you know the speed limit for a woman in bed, don't you, lads? It's sixty eight because it, it's sixty eight because at sixty nine she blows a rod. Uh, oh yeah. yeah okay yeah <laughs> I, get, I get it i get it yeah 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 all right okay so okay so anyway let's go back to this so in late in in late august 1969 john clement stayed in a b&b on the banks of loch marah shortly after his arrival at the accommodation clements was looking out of the window at the lock when he saw a group of didn't ralph mattel do, didn't ralph mattel do that song a b&b on the on the banks of loch marah <laughs> Don't recall that now. So disturbances on the flat, calm surface of the lock. This was happening a long way to the east and the opposite side. As he continued to watch, the disturbances moved gradually westward and closer. They kept appearing and disappearing and reappearing in a synchronized manner. It looked as though there were three masses joined together by a pole moving together. When the disturbances appeared almost opposite, he called his landlady, Mrs. Parks, and they went outside with binoculars for a closer look. They saw the disturbances disappear, and they did not appear again. Mrs. Clement estimated that each of the three patches was about the length of a small dinghy um, with an equal distance between them. He could not say whether anything had actually broken the surface or not. So, yeah... It could have been the Scottish synchronised swimming team, couldn't it? Could have been, but what they were they doing in Loch Marah rather than in, in, in an actual proper training pool? It was, clo- so, it was closed for maintenance. 
Ooh ah, Loch Marah. Say ooh ah, Loch Marah. Actually, um, yeah, bleh. I don't even get my words out. Um, what about like algal blooms? Wouldn't they form patches? Could have done. Maybe it was the Paralympic team. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's go on to the next thing. Related. It's related. This is related. So, in February... No, that Ellie Wasser face is too small, isn't she? Anyway, in February 1970, Mrs. Parks, who was mentioned in the previous report, was lucky enough to have a second sighting of Morag. She was walking along the banks of the lock when her young, with her young nephew about half a mile from her house. She looked across the flat, calm lock towards the sandy shore about a mile into the distance, known locally as White Beach. About 30 yards out from the shore, she saw what first looked like three cows standing in water. Three motionless black humps. They both saw the three humps clearly and watched until all three submerged simultaneously. Mrs. Parks hurried her child on, not wanting to frighten him, and told him that they must have been ducks. The child said, They must have been awfully big ducks. They must have been awfully big ducks, Auntie. She estimated yeah. the total length to have been about 30 feet. Why is it always 30 so, feet? Is this like some geometria thing or fucking... Well, the, the monster must she? be 30 feet, isn't it? It's a big monster <laughs> 30 she? feet long. She, well, yeah, she, she later had an instant... She, she later had an instant with the same small boy where he went in and found her naked after she had a shower. He said, said what's that? She said, it's my axe wound from God. He said, fucking good shot, but good shot. He hit you right in the gun. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was kicked out of the um, Owl Reenactment Society. <laughs> they didn't like my cavalier attitude. <laughs> so anyway, let's get on with this. Let's get on with this. <laughs> All right, okay, let's get on with this. Okay, in May 1970, Mr. T.E.J., a retired schoolmaster living in a house overlooking the western end of the lock, Tenched. and his wife... Yeah, exactly. Saw a peculiar sight. No doubt he wanted to remain anonymous to avoid ridicule, so he gave his initials rather than his full name. You know. IP Freely. So it? yeah, that's probably a good idea to live with, with the fucking shame of what he's done. So, what they was were he looking doing out on that lake? That nobody wouldn't yeah. want anyone to know what he was up to. They were looking out of the kitchen that's window better. at about 7.45am and they saw a V-shaped wake travelling slowly eastwards across the lock. Nothing mm. broke the surface and the wake continued to move in the same direction for about 15 minutes. No boat had passed. They saw nothing that could account for the wake. They later said they'd seen a similar wake on several occasions. So again, you know, we're getting multi- Multi witnesses seeing, you know, the the creature on multi on multiple occasions. So interested. The fourteenth of July, nineteen seventy, members of the Loch Ness Phenomena Investigation Bureau got wind of what was going on at the Loch uh, Loch Morar, so came to check it out for themselves. Um, they were finding fuck all at Loch Ness. So basically, yeah. So you know, the the, the people who were investigating Loch Ness pissed off with that so they came to Loch Marar because they knew what was they'd heard what was going on three members of the group Dr. Neil Bass marine biologist Philip D. Nathalik a, re a research technician and William Parker found what they were looking for 
the three men were walking along the north shore of the lock when it started to piss down with rain. They sought refuge under some trees. There was a light breeze, and the lock's surface was rippling. Though overcast, visibility was good. As the rain cleared, Dr. Bass looked out to the lock and reported the following. I noticed a hump-shaped black object which may have been there for, for rather longer than the time which I saw it. I called my companions. By the time they arrived, it had gone. It was about a third of the distance across the water, following this within half a mile without reappearances of the hump. A disturbance was witnessed by all of us at the same place and followed by a radiating water rings which travelled from a circle to a, at a maximum of 50 yards in diameter. So, Dr. Bass saw the object. His colleagues didn't, but they saw the, the disturbance that it caused. Dr. Bass described the object as black and smooth in colour. When it submerged, it went vertically down. Though the sighting was brief, it's one of the most important sightings as it was made by a practicing aquatic biologist. So yeah, you've got scientists now, not nutcases, scientists seeing it, objects well, in Lock Morale. What about Professor Nutt, who was the former <laughs> drugs advisor for the government? Um, I don't think, I'm not sure if he had a sighting, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, so the plot thickens, experts are moving in, you know? What's going Still on? No Let's go over to. Hey. <laughs> Still no photographs yet. Well, you know, you don't get photographs. You not everyone. <laughs> this was before the days of camera phones, so. Uh, I suppose so. Does a lack anyway. of photographs make it more reputable or less? Well, Look at the photographs that come from Loch Ness. I think it makes it more reputable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, happens. that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> All that does is discredit the monster. So, oh, is, is that where they got wise? And it's like, well, if we don't have any photographs, they can't say how shit yeah. they are. <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, quite true. Let's go over the I can't point now. out it's <laughs> fake if, it, if, it's, if yeah. there's no picture. Exactly. It's not a uh, something drawn on a picture, then taken, then a photo taken again. Anyway, let's go over to the Dom now. He's going to tell some more tales from the early 70s. As the as the as the mystery builds momentum. Okay, Dom, it's over to you. So, from the very early seventies, July nineteen seventy. Um. Uh, yeah. Um. Okay. Um. Mister and Missus Adam Malcolm had their third sighting of the creature. It was nine ten a.m. when Mister Malcolm noticed a pattern of disturbed water moving across the waves. There was nothing visible above the surface. The disturbance moved steadily across the lock about six miles per hour. It was visible for about 20 minutes. I mean, did he have one of those police radar gun things? How does he know it's six miles an hour? <laughs> I suppose he could he drive his car and he can... Yeah. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. can accurately ascertain the speed of a moving thing and... Uh, it's just one of those feats of, of Scot Scotchness. <laughs> Scotchness. <laughs> they know where to find short brand, and they know know how to estimate uh, speed and distance. Yep. <laughs> anyway, on, on the 4th of August, 1970, Loch Ness investigation member and zoology student Alan Butterworth was scanning the east shore of the loch 
through binoculars at about 11.10 a.m. The water surface was flat, calm, and visi visibility was good three or four miles. He spotted a dark-coloured hump in an inlet. It was about 15 feet long and three or four feet high. It was about a mile and a half away. Mr. Butterworth reached for his camera, but when he looked again, the object had disappeared. Oh, yeah. for, fuck's, for fuck's sake. Wow, he's, 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 bang, he's bang on at this yeah. fella, isn't he? Yeah. The, the, Loch, the yeah, Loch Ness fucking bullshit society, more like, hey? <laughs> uh, but on the 5th of August, day after Butterworth sighting, at about 5pm... Quote-unquote sighting. Uh, John McVarnish decided to go out in his boat. Oh, that him again? Him again, yep. <laughs> he was about three quarters of a mile from the eastern end of the lock when he saw a big disturbance in the water about 30 yards away from him. When the water settled, a wave of about two feet high spread out from it, well out into the lock. He knew of nothing this large in the lock that could have caused such disturbance. Uh, on the 11th of September 1970, Charles Fishburne and Ian Mitchell were out in their small boat at dusk. What, him off the Matrix? When they passed... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's his dad. Yeah. <laughs> it was 9pm. <laughs> when Neo. they passed... Neo, uh, what if I was to tell you luck monsters are real? <laughs> <laughs> he takes a blue pill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was, yeah, at 9 pm when they passed Brinacori Island, a small island in the lock about 700 yards from the North Shore. Fishburne reported the following Suddenly I noticed three objects silhouetted in the water. 100 yards off the port bow, i.e. in the middle of the lock. The water was clear and smooth, and the objects were black and clearly protruding. My first reaction was that they were trees or maybe rocks, but then I realised that they were much more, and I know that there are no rocks in that area. Then I realised that the objects were moving. We got closer to them, and I could see that it was not a boat or something like that. At this point, I could see that it was about 30 yards from us, and three large black humps were visible, moving quickly through the water. I alerted my friend Ian, who could not see anything, and, I, and said I was imagining things. But then we encountered three peculiar swells, unlike any boat wake I've had, ever seen. Each swell was deep and long, so so that the boat rose and fell gradually with each, rather than rocking or barging against them. My friend agreed that I did not imagine the swells, and they were very odd. At that point, we got out of there and onto dry land. Shit. I wouldn't want to be in that boat. Brown trousers time. <laughs> yeah. I need a bigger Big boat. Time. I'd soil myself too, yeah. Donald Rizzo's. <laughs> I soiled myself for that. Hell. You manky Scotch git. <laughs> okay, let's go on. Oh yeah, November 1970, Angus Cameron, who was in charge of a small hydroelectric power station on the banks of the lock, was looking across the southern end of the lock when he saw a large brown object 
rushing across, across the water at a speed of 25 to 30 miles an hour. Initially, he thought it was a boat, but on closer inspection, it turned out to be a solid hump, about four feet high, rising to a small peak on top. He likened it to a policeman's helmet. <laughs> okay. A permanent uh, helmet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey. he, <laughs> he watched the object as it went out of sight, leaving a light weight behind it. He checked it. He checked if there had been any boats in the area at that time What's when the, the harbour marked. Was there a permanent this week? Sorry? Oh, d- doesn't matter. I was to say, was there a purple hue to the wake? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, well, what was I? Yeah, so he, he checked if there had been any boats and with the harbour master, and there hadn't been. So, yeah, that's that one. So, December the 21st, three school children were returning from their lessons at 3.30pm. As they passed the lock on their way home, they noticed a funny object in the water. Initially, they saw one hump. As they watched, it turned right, and a second hump became visible, forming a V-shaped division uh, on the object. The object submerged very slowly and described it as moving like a caterpillar. They then ran home and told their parents, who didn't believe them. Later, they were cross-examined by experts who classed them as reliable witnesses. Um, April 3rd, 1971, it was the Gillies family who lived on the shore of the lock turned to encounter the uh, Morag. Family's 12-year-old son, John, came running up to the house to say he had seen a strange creature in the water whilst walking along the road to Morag. It was about 11am and weather conditions were good. Mr. Gillies went to see what the fuss was about and saw the monster about half a mile out from the shore. It was lying in the water, facing towards the east. It had a long neck, three or four feet long and fairly thick, sticking straight up and slightly curved at the top. The head was barely distinguishable. Behind the neck were two or three humps which appeared to be moving up and down. There was very little movement of the water. The skin appeared black and shiny and the total length was about 30 feet. Mr. Gillies had his camera and took two photos. The creature lowered its head, whole body straightened out and it then sank straight down. Sighting lasted for about eight minutes. The photos he took showed nothing much, which was a shame. Ah, bloody (laughs) hell. (laughs) <laughs> that's what we wanted. That's, that's what we what wanted. Photos of this. Yeah, you think that's a perfect yeah. storm there, but yep, yeah, no. Fuck that's up. a big disappointment. <laughs> so anyway, on the eighth of August, seventy-one, Sween Macdonald was working on the engine of his boat in a boathouse on the shore of the lock. Coming out of the boathouse, he saw a small disturbance on the surface of the water, twenty-five to thirty yards away from him. As he watched, some object moved away, barely breaking the surface and making a whitewash as it travelled. He could hear the swish of the water thrown aside as it moved and he estimated the speed to be about 10 knots. The object zigzagged for about 200 yards before he lost sight of it. Now let's go over to Ian, who's going to tell us what happens when the experts... That's the first time I've heard someone estimating speed in knots and not uh, Mm. landmarks. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Yeah, they're nautical people, aren't they? They know what they're uh, 
Yeah, they know what they're doing. But yeah, so a lot of cases there, aren't there? A lot of, you know, the evidence is building up. So, you know, the main thing that we that strikes us when we're looking at this is that these reports <coughs> that they're better ones than the ones that come from Loch Ness. Um, the evidence suggests that it's more likely to be a monster in Loch Marah than there is in Loch Ness. And the witnesses seem to come from respectable backgrounds. Doctors, army captains, headmasters, a barman. Many of the Loch Ness, you know, Loch Ness is, bar, is barman a respectable, uh, respectable it occupation? Is, yeah, oh, yeah. It is. I, I tell you what, it is. A, I tell you what, barman is a good job to have. So I'm not going to go into that too much. But if you've been a barman in the past, you know what I mean. So um, yeah, whereas Loch Ness, Loch Ness, the witnesses tend, tend to be fruitcakes, don't they? Nutcases in jobs. So glory hounds, yeah, glory hounds, aren't they? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, anyway, so, um, as mentioned earlier, reports of Morag um, didn't escape the attention of the Loch Ness Investigation Bureau, a team of assorted biologists, zoologists, students, the unemployed, and nutters. <laughs> um, yeah, in it. Who were trying to solve the Loch Ness mystery. You know, they headed to Loch Marah to get a piece of this action. I say nutters, but, you know, in reality, we shouldn't laugh. Mental health isn't funny. It's fucking hilarious. So, yeah, so so the clear, anyway, so the clear waters of of the lock would make it much easier to see a creature below the surface, unlike the peat-stained water of Loch Ness. So it was a JFK to carry out research at Loch Marra. It was a JFK. What is a JFK? It was a JFK. Oh, it was a JFK to carry out research at Loch Marah. It was a no-brainer to carry out research. Oh, yeah. right. I've used yeah. that. But come on, uh, I've used that's my joke. That's my that's my oh. joke. Come on, oh, I've used sorry, that mate. before. I've got, I've got a bad yeah, joke. So it was a no. It was a. It was a no-brainer to carry out uh, research at Loch Marah. So a JFK because oh, yeah, yeah, you were with me. He had his brains. Or did he? Or did he? He did. Yeah, we saw it on camera, didn't we? His brains went across <laughs> the back of the car, didn't they? It was all through there for C. So it was a no-brainer. So it was a JFK. That's what I mean. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we're there. So anyway, so all right then. So basically, then okay. So number of um, expeditions look took place in the 70, 1970s. Um, at the at, um, and the Loch Ness Investigation Bureau changed its name to the Loch Ness and Loch Marah Project because it was carrying out Ooh. research. They're trying to discredit Lock, the Loch so. Marah monster now, are they? Well, yeah. They, well, they were trying to prove <laughs> both monsters, but it obviously it had disproved the Loch Ness monster. So oh, it was getting on the same PT brush. Mm. Yeah. So. So anyway, the project deployed video cameras into the depths so that it could capture a creature um, and it could be observed on CCTV. Um, A glass-bottom boat called Pequod was used to search the bottom of the lock and find possible skeletal remains of of the creature. Project leader Adrian Shine constructed an underwater observation chamber so that he could look up from the bottom of the lock 
and see a monster's profile. Let's go on to the next picture, if you could, Hemi, and we'll have a look at this observation chamber. Let's have a look and see it. Some people. Well, that's have, gravy, isn't it? So we'll, let's have a look at that. Men in, so men in sheds. Is. Men in sheds. The story of the United Kingdom, isn't it? Hey. Yeah. There he is in his yes, fucking his fucking death trap. So. Taking a sh taking a shit in there as well. I wonder, I wonder if he's I wonder if he's killed any Norwegian journalists in that one. I'm not sure, but he could, he could kill himself in that. I wonder. I wonder oh, how many people. I wonder how many people get that joke. Uh, no, there was a billionaire that had his own submarine. He murdered a journalist and fucking dumped it at the bottom of the bottom of the bay, didn't he? Bakes. Oh yeah, that was a uh, yeah, that was an unusual story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, okay. So anyway. There we go. So um, many hours were spent observing the lock with many volunteers. Each year, a report was published on the project's findings from their research in the lock. So if you go to the next uh, picture, go to the next picture, uh, Hemi, we'll have a look at the uh, 1975 report. That is we'll death, that death trap, is it, in action? There he is, there, and is that fucking idiot getting into that. Uh, <laughs> let's have a look at... That's a Darwin Award winner in in potential Darwin Award winner, isn't it? There. So go into the next, um, go to the next picture. Let's have a look at the 1976 report, and we'll have a look at that one there. Go to the next uh, image, eleven. Have a look at the, the diver. So, so yeah. So um, the reports were full of information about that year's research on the lock, and it tells you all about the things that they found and um do you know what they found Buckle. Well, i'll oh. tell you well i'll tell you what they found uh, nothing i'll tell you what they found fuck all that's what they found <laughs> fuck all so well i'm so surprised oh, oh, by that yeah. revelation here i was so. looking for the like the hd pictures of a uh, a, dr a dragon of the deeps yeah. and, and instead we just get yeah. All I went was to Lake Moran. I got this lousy tea cozy, and I got and I got this yeah, lousy well, bath bath death death trap looking okay, thing. So, all right. so that's what we got. So we'll, let's just calm. Let's just okay. We'll take a minute. We'll just calm down now. Calm down uh, about what the what's excitement happened. is so much. I have palpitations. Take a deep breath. So. All right. Though the scientists found nothing, the public was still having strange experiences at Lake Moran. In 1975, Charles Simpson and his brother Donald would were driving towards Barracuna near Lake Moran on a bird watching expedition. I like bird watching. Yep. I like great tits. Me too. Sometimes you get to see a shark on like the cliffs, don't you? Yeah, I like to watch. I like to watch a beaver. I do. So, <laughs> yeah. So the the Mora River, as it leaves the lock, flows over a narrow ridge of gravel, and it's only a couple of feet deep. So I'll tell you what. Then uh, we're going to uh, have a look at this story. Let's go into the next picture there, Hemi. We'll look at the. What um, have we got now? Let's have a look at. Let's have a look at the gravel area of the of the lock. This is uh, picture number eleven. Have a look at that now. This is this is the area we're looking at for this encounter. At three p.m., just as the brothers were passing the spot, Charles, who was watching the road ahead, heard his brother, who was who was driving, suddenly gasp and choke as if he was unable to breathe. 
I was terrified. He'd had a heart attack, Charles said. But then he braked and pointed to the water. This was startled the world, was all that he could say at first. When I asked him what he meant, he said, did you not see it? When Donald, uh, what Donald has seen was a powerful 20-foot-long animal which rose out of the river, less than 40 feet from his car. It lurched across the gravel bar, sank into the deeper waters of the lock. The episode only lasted a few seconds, but left a deep impression on the man. I think I've heard this story before. I think that's... I think yeah. that's what I was talking about when I was talking about Nessie yeah. walking from one place well, to another. I think that's what. This is what we've got. So it been uh, he had been very skeptical a bit more of the legend. He said the creature had smooth brown skin, powerful hindquarters, which were evident as it hauled itself over the gravel bar. He saw so no ears or eyes. But he said what looked like a trunk trailing alongside the body so if Ooh. you go to the next picture well, um, you can have a look <laughs> it could be go to the next picture let's have a look at um, was, that, was, that, his dunger? was that, that his dunger he was dragging along that. the floor there was it some kind of uh, length isn't it maybe it was john holmes on his latest his latest uh, picture <laughs> where's he said that that though We'll always have Lake Morlar. That's unusual, isn't it? That's that's not uh, that's what he saw. I'm not sure. That's that's very unusual. Is that a fart cloud coming out but, his ass? He dropped his guts. There was a terrible stench <laughs> in the air, and he followed through. But um, yeah, so oh, it's not pink enough to be a whale penis, is it? Uh, uh, oh no no! I did, I did actually I did actually see some uh, some whale penises that are black, so you get black ones as well. Right. <laughs> anyway, the Hebrew is good to know there. there's there's diversity in the whale community. <laughs> <laughs> well, we see some diversity coming up, so um, you know, <laughs> that's more of a mo- a modern sighting. So. As the years went by, mysterious occurrences kept happening on the lock. So what we're going to do, let's go over to the Dom. He's going to tell us about some of these. Over to you. Right. Let's have a look at a more niche... Uh, hang on. Yeah, recent yeah. one. Um, yeah, more... <laughs> let's look at a more recent news report and see what Antics Morag has been up to lately. Oh, yeah, she's gonna get some evidence sure. now. Here we go. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. She's gonna get some. Get some. Get the next picture. Get, get the next picture up. Her Hemi. Let's have a look. Okay, so one out of focus picture. Come yeah, on. Yeah, let's see what Morag has done. Body and lock Morag ca- kayaker search. Name is Ale- yeah. Alexander Thorburn. Yes, he's finally ate someone. We've got some kayaks. The only good kayak's a dead kayak. <laughs> I can't stand yeah, those shit kayaks. <laughs> Please carry on. So, on the 29th of April 2013, 48-year-old oh, Alex Thorburn was reported as missing during uh, a um, canoeing trip on Loch Morar. Believers suggested his body was snatched by Morag and dragged down to a watery grave. Body was later discovered and an autopsy found. He had just drowned in an unfortunate...
unfortunate accident, and there was no evidence suggest he, he was killed by a monster. Nothing anti-Semitic oh, about it. That's a bit shit, isn't it, then? Kayaks. Yeah. But the thing is, though, um, it's a shame, that, because um, in 1952 on Loch Ness, John Cobb, who tried to, to break the world speed record on uh, on water, um, his boat hit a Rouge wave at high speed. Cobb's body was thrown 50 yards, killing him. So and the Loch Ness monster was actually blamed for that death. So it's a bit of a shame if Morag didn't carry out this. They both, you know, they both could have killed Manslaughter. someone. So it's a bit Manslaughter, a, it was. Yeah, it's, it's a bit shit. If it, Morag, if it's Morag was on the rack, it weren't her fault. Uh, she's she's got a promising yeah. future, promising future ahead of her. Well, so we won't, so we won't put her in prison for this murder. What Morag she done did in Oxford. Morag said to me, "I'm not having sex with you tonight." Period. Uh, oh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think yeah, Morag's been around for a while though, hasn't she? So I imagine she's probably figured out how to make it look like an accident. Mm. Knows what she's doing. So, yeah. in August 2020, only last year, it seems like, yeah, I don't know. A long time <laughs> um, ago. Retired all, yeah. <laughs> retired oil industry engineer Doug Christie and his wife Charlotte were on holiday at Lokmara when he had the shock of his life. Uh, we can see a picture of him, please. A lovely couple. What well, sort of the shock of his life? He found it, she found him in bed with a black. He found her in bed. <laughs> Hang on. Greetings. So yeah, have we got the picture. Is it? Yeah, they're it's up. There. They're up. There's that. Okay. Yeah. They look so, like yeah, a couple of swingers, don't um, they? Yeah. And to earn a bit of money on the side, Doug, Doug would work as a Sid James look-alike. So yeah, Doug was not one to give into flights of fancy, but could not believe his eyes when he saw a 20-foot black shape in the water. The couple saw the beast three times during their stay. Doug said it looked a bit like a submarine and about the same size. The longest sighting they had lasted for about 10 minutes before it submerged. Doug did manage to get a photo of the beast. So, let's have a look. So he's literally seen it every day for about four days and he only got one photo. Uh, Oh, great. That's fantastic. Uh, When you see the photo, you'll be impressed. Yeah, it's conclusive evidence. Oh, fucking absolutely. Oh, Look it. at that. that can only be... That's Morag. That's a real creature. Yeah. It's a 30-foot 30 plesiosaur. A dragon. Plesiosaur's a conspiracy theory like climate crisis yeah. emergency apocalypse. There you go. So, yep. so yeah, Morag yeah. definitely conclusive evidence. Yes, finally, a blurry photograph. Yeah. Yeah. Totally More conclusive like evidence. Well, it is... Not to miss out, miss out, miss out. Not to miss out on cashing in on their I'm not pissed. <laughs> I'm not pissed. <laughs> I've had any drugstable. 
So yeah, so uh, so not to miss out on cashing in on their monster, let's have a look at a diverse couple and see what Morag merchandise you can waste your money on. Oh, lovely! Back again. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. We saw them last <laughs> month. Do 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 do. They modelled the um, Belmel's face. That is a seriously yeah, gay they, tattoo he's got there with those fucking roses, isn't it? These right. are the indi- indigenous races of Scotland. <laughs> yes, there we go. An Asian man and a, and a, and a half black, half white woman. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> you have the monster of Loch Marah. Real or not real? Oh, totally. You decide. Whale penis. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, should I, should I, I don't. Mean, can I show the picture on YouTube or not of the whale penis? Mm. Uh, basically, basically be been... shown in all its pink glory. Oh, dear, right. Um. Well, scientific veracity. We must show this because we have an inquiring audience of naturists. Yeah. Um. Basically, uh, some dude, some comedian dude. Is. Let's have a look at it then. Oh, fucking phone. This could explain. This could. This could explain sea serpents. Explain Yeah, it's one hell of a sea serpent. I might. I might buy. You can buy with those t-shirts online, though. You can. Oh. Uh, I, oh. I. I. I got to use this joke. I haven't found an opportunity yet. Is it as wet as an otter's pocket? Is it as big as a wizard sleeve? Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, people are going to be very disturbed by the stuff I'm putting up now because I can't find the okay, actual picture, so I'm, so I'm going to have to show the whole fucking whale penis page. <laughs> <laughs> I heard they made like stalls out of whale, whale penis. Like the swanky bars in Victoria near London would be like. So there we go. Let's enlarge that so everyone can see it. Why do you need to enlarge it? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so some dude said that that could be the Loch Ness monster. Oh, what? what it's the wrong shape. Loch Ness. So it's it, Loch Ness. The Loch Ness monster is a. Uh, he's very happy while he's jumping, isn't he? This get um, your dicks out for Morag. Yeah, look, there's a black whale penis. The sperm, the sperm whale has a black penis. But what about um, a, a circumcised whale penis? I mean, helmet penis. Maybe that would look more like the Loch Ness monster. Uh, how about this story I've just found? Uh, whale penis by the pound. <laughs> Although that's pork loin. The picture is pork loin, so fuck flicker. Right. I thought this was a serious stream. A whale can't get into Loch Ness. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the bit I was wondering about. Jeremy Wade reckons it's a Greenland shark. Greenland hmm. shark? I don't think you can find a Greenland like... shark penis. Okay, so Jeremy Wade shark penis. Is, is Greenland shark. Maybe there's un- underwater caves linking all the locks to the sea. Mm. Yeah. No, 
not underwater caves. It's openly fucking Ooh. linked. Shit, man. It's uh, I've just seen Jeremy White. Jeremy White said it's a Greenland shark that swam in. That's his theory. Shit, well, sharks have two dicks. Yeah, two really? weird things. There's a channel of a Japanese guy cutting it up. You should see it. Oh. Uh, teenager's well, penis ripped off are... by shark while swimming. Oof. Oh, okay. The last time you want your penis to be lopped off at any age is when you're a teenage because you just figured out what to do with it. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> that's just cruel. <laughs> what are you going to do with your summer? Yeah. Oh, right. dear, oh, dear. So apparently we're not discussing the Greenland shark theory. Fuck's sake. I thought this was oh, a serious Let's, do, let's, well, talk, let's talk about okay. it. Then. No, but no, I would say nothing. that these links go down to hollow earth. Right. That's just his opinion. It's just Jeremy fucking Wade. He's such a, he thinks he's so fucking hard in it. Anyway, what do you say? Do you <laughs> think it's so hard? If he possible or so not hard, possible? Why is he wank off a Greenland uh, shark? <laughs> yeah, no, it's because they live so long. It's like they're like eight hundred years or some ridiculous age. So the amount of sightings and the amount of times a Greenland shark could have come in and out is p probable, possible. Mm. But does a Greenland shark have a large penis? <laughs> is what the audience <laughs> needs to know. <laughs> they've got those two ones like Emmy's talking about two little spiky things it looks very odd yeah oh kind of like a, sna a snake dick they have two 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 half willies jeez oh, you guys grim. just can't help yourselves tonight jeez everyone's been on the piss or something <laughs> crazy <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know lads I'm, so, I'm, sold on, I'm sold on the whale penis I'm sold on the whale penis for theory isn't that they were like fish sticks. That's not getting into Loch Ness. They were like fish sticks. <laughs> fish sticks. <laughs> in your mouth. Don't, 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 you, don't, you, like, you, like, you 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 yeah, that's what Jeremy Wade said as well. But he says it's, it, it could be that it came in because it is deep in the lock as well, and it comes think, in and no, goes out, comes in and yeah, goes out. I saw they surface a lot he's though. Just, he's just saying that. To, I think Jeremy Wade has done better programs. I think he did a Loch Ness program, and he's just saying that to make it more interesting. I think I don't think there's a Greenland shark. I don't think I don't think the Greenland shark explains Loch Ness. I think it's just generally not there. But he's done better programs though, than Loch Ness. No, though, I do like the Loch Ness one. I like the mystery, but but to be honest, he was swimming up uh, the sheets, he, ones, you know. So he's done uh, the one he did in Chernobyl was good because what happens? Should what happens if you wear Russian underpants? Chernobyl fall off. Chernobyl fall. You you dick off. Your dick will fall off. Chernobyl fall off. Chernobyl fall off. Penis will fall off. So yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, actually, I've but got no, a did theory. Do... Got a theory. Do you think these these humps in the in these locks? Do you think they might be actually fat birds? Fat birds. Fat The fat birds you see in the sewers, like big balls of fat that are clogging up the sewers. Maybe got a theory. They're not. I don't know. You got like... a theory. You got a theory tonight's going to be a good night. Tonight's going to be a good, good <laughs> night. Oh, what a horrible song! Oh, I got a feeling. Um, 
Do you want to talk about the mystery? Do you want to talk about the mystery cube that points to the Nazi nuclear program? Well, why didn't they fucking do it then and nuke everybody? <laughs> Is it that they were spending too much time with like heavy water refining and like yeah. they should have done uranium instead? Or uh, well, one of the few surviving relics from this era is what what's known as a Heisenberg cube, a block of uranium held at the Pacific Northwest National Laboratory that has long been suspected as being a, re a relic from Germany's nuclear program and has been the subject of st a study for decades, apparently. But why is it in America? I'd like to see um, the chain of custody on that. Wait, just one kind of thing. Is Hobbit, you've been to Malta, right? Isn't there like a nuke in a museum in Malta that didn't go off? Oh, I didn't know about that. No, that's think, completely new to, news to me. Uh, it might not be real. I thought I'd ask you. Anyway, go ahead, guys. Sure. <laughs> so do you think... Emmy, what, do you think... I, I, I don't think they would. I think, I think they'd have fucking let them loose, wouldn't they? Yeah, do you have the... Um, do you have the Loch Ness Chip Advisor review? Can we read that one? Yes, we need the important things, Hemi. <laughs> if I can find it. Next year, I'm going to go to Disneyland. At least there you can see Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Scotland, more like Snoreland. Oh, the, oh, it's in the sun, and it found it. Loch Ness tourist leaves hilarious trip TripAdvisor review after failing to spot legendary monster. The writer, known as Ron, drove more, more than four hundred miles with his family in search of the infamous creature. Uh, after spending hours in search of Nessie, the dad wrote a scathing review on TripAdvisor, telling of his bitter disappointment. He gave Loch Ness just one star, writing, "What a disappointment! We travelled travelled four hundred miles from Grimsby to see the Loch Ness monster, and it didn't show up. Don't go if you wanted to see it, because you'll end up bitterly dis disappointed like we were. Wife and two kids waited around it for hours. Viewpoints were crowded and dirty, and the weather was terrible. One moment sunshine, the next it was hard to keep up." Uh, I thought the whole experience was horrendous, so which I hadn't bothered. It's just a tourist trap, and not sure why they would advertise the Loch Ness monster when it's all a big lie. Oh. Yeah, but you can go there for other things. You're not necessarily going to see the yeah. monster, but you know, there's good castles there, good museums. You know, there's a monastery. Oh, look, looks like Dom, Dom's been you there know, recently. Really... Meanwhile, Dom Phillips <laughs> commented, "Must be fake, surely." Well, you know, it's a good place to go. And if you don't want to go there, go to Loch Morar. Yeah. If you don't want to go there, go to Edinburgh. Loads of stuff there. Edinburgh is a good, great place. Oh, have, you, so, <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen the picture from April Scotland. this year, Ian? If not, no. The, what have we got there? There you go. It's on right screen there. now. It, it's a black line. It's a black line mm. in the lake. Yep, that's a dragon. Better, yeah. Better, don't they? Yeah. No one's heard of HD cameras yet, have they? No, no, no. Of course not. No. That's just a conspiracy for you, Madfwaz. Twenty-four hour surveillance, have they? Uh, you know, in you know, motion tracking and uh, there is yeah, there is twenty-four hour surveillance at Loch Ness. You can go onto the Nessie cam and you can yeah. watch you can watch Loch Ness twenty-four hours if you want. It's, it reminds me if you haven't got a girlfriend or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like as interesting as Sessie cam. Uh, what's that silly silly excuse to investigate that's what Jim Mars used to call it didn't he yeah. 
That reminds me of the first episode of uh, Big Brother, uh, sorry, first season, and there was this website called An Alternative to Big Brother, and it was literally a camera pointed at a wall where you could watch paint dry. <laughs> they should do a Big Brother just for fat people and uh, call it Big Mother. Big Bubba. Um, and all, launch, their, you... all their challenges... All their challenges are food based. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, Feds launch. Though, right? Feds launch investigation into self-driving cars. Are you guys seen this one? Tesla's self-driving car technology has caused a number of road accidents involving emergency vehicles. Haya Radha, a professor, professor of electrical and computer engineering at Michigan State University, takes a look at exactly why the authorities are so interested in Tesla's autopilot technology. Uh, so they're saying it's shit, basically, then. Oh, speaking of Tesla, have you heard, like, um, Elon Musk has been tweeting weird, like, groups lately? Like, he said one, um, on a book about World War I, and then, then he, then he said nine rings to rule men. Like, he's kind of predicting the end of the world or something. <laughs> oh, so he's, he's getting hobbit-pilled, good. <laughs> Has he been smoking yeah. Joe Rogan's marijuana again? Well, he's just gonna. <laughs> everyone's everyone's gonna have a Tesla self-driving car. And then he's gonna go execute order sixty-six, isn't he? And, and then the cars are just gonna kill everyone. <laughs> the cars just like crumple up into a, a square, and yeah, everyone yeah. inside is <laughs> just the, the batteries have a critical runaway event and then thermal uh, basically I've, I've got i've got i've got an answer as to why why the cars are crushing because americans are thick they think the car's literally night rider when when they're supposed it's to like, still be keeping an eye on shit it's like this it's like, it's like the time when those feminists built that bridge wasn't it you know yeah Oh, or, or, when that, or when that, or then, or when that yank was in his, when that yank was in his camper van, and uh, he put it on cruise with cruise control, and went in the back to make make a cup of coffee. <laughs> feminist, the feminist built a bridge. Yes. here's one for you, Biarki. Uh, you seen this one? No, ABC. Got the name. I thought feminist would be more likely to uh, build a build a, build a, build a dyke. Oh. I think that today it's like two <laughs> seconds. Anyway. The, the ABC oh, yeah. News report is interrupted by satanic ritual. I've seen that today, and you wouldn't know how it came up. Some of the wignats giving me shit for running coverage for satanic glow nigs. I'm like, <laughs> I don't think so. It's because they're talking about the TRS is talking about at the moment. It's like, what? Apparently, I'm a Satanist because I like black metal. Here, mate. <laughs> oh, Show me this. I'm like, I'm like, the thing is, the thing is though, it's probably... Look at, that. look at that, what that is. At some goths yeah. at, like, high school. Yeah. Like, like, what is that? It's not, that's not, uh... It's LARPy as fuck, like, isn't it? They had on it and got it mixed in there, editing or something. Well, they probably, they're probably filming <laughs> some for that. They're probably filming some for their fucking satanic boss anyway, weren't they? Uh, look, look, the girl there's got a fucking keyboard. I mean, they're not serious. <laughs> no serious Satanists in the south there with their keyboard about to do a tune, are they? New Satanists, yeah. Fucking. Yeah. New wave Satanism. <laughs> well, the thing is, Satanism is now like a lefty thing. And it's like, it's cyclical, occult 
on the show is appropriate subject on this occult, this what you call it, your your paranormal show here. Occult cycles are like cyclical in like 30 year cycles. They bring it around like every 25, 30 years, sort of like the wait until people have forgotten, then they bring it back. And they bring it back again. It goes on and on and on. Yeah, so we're about about due some more satanic panic then, is that what you're saying? Well, that was the most recent one, Living Memory, but before that, it's it's gone on and on, and it's been on hyperdrive yeah. for the last two hundred years in particular. Do you think Just, they'll um uh, that like what they'll do is when a lot of people start connecting the dots and going, hang on, there is. There is devilry afoot here. And they'll it's, just start like saying everything is of the devil, including like things like Pokemon and and so Look, uh, look Zechariah Sitchin was at that thing with that owl statue you were talking about the other oh, Bohemian right? Grove. So yeah. Zechariah yeah. Sitchin, one of them ones who like faked a translation of cuneiform, <laughs> hangs up with a bunch of fucking uh, neocons uh, LARPing as uh, uh, ancient Canaanite occultists. It's, uh, it's 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 fake occultism at its height, but, but but what was real? That is that the guy who wrote the Gulag Ar- Archipelago? No, he wrote Chariot of the Gods. He wrote that. No, oh, that, that's, uh, no, cha- no, no, Chariot no, of the Gods was Van Daniken. Anyway, a bunch of like Americans, like like talking about Moloch, whether it's Clinton or whoever, it's like. They're uh, trying to find a uh, meaning in some ridiculous. It's like Masons who don't know what the symbology is. But for Masons, you could be like, I, I knew one, uh, a Scottish girl, and her dad was one, you know? And it's just like, they don't really know what it all is. They just like think they're special with their wee book under their drawer, you know? Like, you know, I got, that, got my manual that, here. That reminds yeah. me of that tunnel opening in Switzerland where they had that like. Satanic parade. Tunnel thing. Yeah. Oh, the, the Swiss people are really weird. I mean, some people say that the first Jewish country wasn't Israel, it was Switzerland, and I'm starting you to think... You listen to Paranormies again, you fucking idiot. You need to stop. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, play, the plagiarism. You need to stop listening to Paranormies, Hobbit. We need to have an intervention. But I, I like Why, the, tranny, the tranny mania they have. <laughs> Acting like he knows about the Nephilim, he can't even name which of the different three books of Enoch for a starter. They all, I know you like Flat Earth lately, Hobbit, but really, like the, the shit they go on about, every single fucking actress and singer is trans. Like they've gone off the deep end. Like oh, you yeah. have to admit. Yeah, they have a bit. Yeah. Uh, well, I was thinking. Yeah, about but the, the, the thing is, they've they've been doing it. They've been doing it for twice as long as we have. They've run out of shit to talk about, haven't they? Anything seriously? None, none of it. Like, like if we do another Bigfoot one, it'll be serious. Have they done one that's mm. serious? Have they done anything that's serious? It's all dog buttonies. Like they they did this one about the the Nephilim and and clowns, right? I listened to it, and they're trying to say that our fear of clowns is related to seeing the teeth of the Nephilim that were like big and scary, teethy, kind of like the way they're drawn in this anime Attack on Titan and all this sort of stuff, right? But <laughs> I, the, is like the most realistic thing of that is actually going to be a big blocky two Sasquatch and that we're afraid of big primates that bare their teeth when they want to be threatening, right? So, like, if we do have, like, an, ancest- an ancestral, like, you know, thing about a big, grinny, sh- ch- Cheshire cat smile... It's that like Wesley Jacks and Tony it's- Blair are threatening? Because I always thought Tony episode saying that our fear of clowns is because clowns are what the Nephilim look like. It's just, like, come... <laughs> But the, the fear, the fear of clowns is because you can't make out people's features properly. It's like a basic fucking human emotion, isn't it? The fear of clowns, but but it's it's in some people it's a, it's turned into an irrational fear, isn't it? 
Well, they, they can deconstructed it about the smile, specifically with the teeth grinning. Like a lot of teeth Didn't grinning. John Wayne Gacy, the fear of clowns. They talked about <laughs> him as well. They, they brought up him and some band that had his art as their cover and all this other fucking shit. It, it's like Johnny Depp. But Johnny Depp they, bought one of his paintings, didn't he? <laughs> But one of the best films of the 80s was Killer Clowns from Outer Space. That was awesome. Anyway, Hobbit, I was just joking with you, mate. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) I don't mind. (laughs) Got another shrimp on the barbie. Oh, we don't say shrimps, we say prawns, you dumb fuck. I know, (laughs) that's why I said shrimp. Yeah. According to the rest, I'm like, yeah, why can't Wait. you even go back if I tried to? They're busy having, like, you know, Ed 209s walking around the streets and shit. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, no, there was a story which made my blood boil about that, you, you know, about the dog, so I, I don't want to repeat it. It's horrible. Yeah. yeah, well, it's like no one knows. People don't know here. And then again, people don't even know what Afghanistan was even about, this young generation, so you can't expect them to know what's going well, on there. That's the thing, a lot of them are cheering the Taliban on, I'm just thinking, hang on, they blew up the statues of Berger, I mean, yeah, okay, they've done a few funny memes, but they're still arseholes. I have zero yeah. tolerance for any kebab praise whatsoever, I had fallen out with Wignats over this recently. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's well, well you, you know, you know, the root of, the root of it is uh, Savitri Devi. So people, oh, Hitler likes Savitri Devi, therefore Muslims are cool, aren't they? The, the, oh, the, yeah, the, but the, 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 the thing Woods and Spencer ripped off was that Evola compared Jihad to Valhalla. Yeah. And, oh, and, and they, 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 they went on with this sort of like warrior ethos uh, similarities uh, in it. And uh, that's the thing pissed me about paranormies. The Robert Sefer is not apocalyptic. He's like, they're going on about this Robert Sefer all the time. He told all his fans to report me on Twitter. He said, hey, guys, everyone report this account. What a fucking cop jockey. Really? Sefer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he said to all his fans to report me because I said something about, you know, how I am, like, just saying cryptically about them ones. And he's like, this account, I was trying to get me in trouble. Everyone report him. He's a big fucking lady's blouse. Rob, like, yeah, Robert Sefer is very, uh, what's he's the having word? a lot of autisms on Twitter lately. He, he's, he's very um, ban happy, as is Alt, uh, Alt Skull. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, no, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this stream up now because we're not talking about paranormal stuff anymore. Night all, stay oh, spooky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh,